Can you imagine showing somebody how to save four hundred grand on their taxes? And or it could be a hundred grand, it could be fifty grand. It's all relative. Then using that money to go start buying other properties. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is your host, as always, Brian Lubin, bringing you the mindsets, the methods, and the actionable steps for you to earn freedom in your life and business today. All right, guys, before we get into today's episode, let's not sugarcoat this, okay? Here is who this episode is for. This episode is for people that want to save a lot of money on their taxes. I'm talking six figures, seven figures, eight figures. If you want to save money on your taxes through investing in real estate, this is the show for you. If you guys want to listen to a lighthearted podcast about overcoming adversity or a puppy getting rescued from a well, this one isn't it. I'm going to tell you straight up today. Me and today's guest get into the weeds right out the gate. It's going to be extraordinarily heavy with terminology, technical conversation, really advanced level strategy. So this is a podcast episode that you are probably going to want to listen two, three, four times. Go back and write down different terms. Take notes in your phone whenever you hear terms or ideas that we talk about because this is probably the most technical episode we've ever had on the Action Academy podcast. Today's guest is none other than my good buddy, Terry Judge, who is the CEO of Core Solutions Group, which is a cost segregation specialist group that has helped real estate investors, including a lot of guests on the Action Academy podcast, save over $1 billion of tax savings over the last decade. If you want to learn how these billionaires, hundred millionaires, decamillionaires, and up and down the street millionaires are not paying taxes, we literally go into case study examples in this episode, step by step on how they do it. And stick around for the very end of the episode where Terry talks about his personal Airbnb strategy that he has used to write off over $500,000 of personal income through an Airbnb. The IRS is essentially buying Airbnbs for Terry. So, that's at the end of the episode. I will reemphasize one last time. This is a technical episode. In minutes seven through 10, I asked Terry to go in depth and detail about what cost segregation is, and he goes off. All right, people? He's a genius when it comes to this space. He's very technical. He knows what he's talking about to the point where it is confusing as hell to all of us listening. So stick around, sit through it. I promise it's worth it. After he finishes explaining the entire tax code and how cost segregation fits into it, I go back right afterwards and I explain what he just said and I translate it into plain English for all of us to understand because this, especially for a non-technical person, is very confusing at times. And so hopefully we do a good job in this episode breaking down so that everybody can understand it. At least I tried my hardest to break it down for everyone. So you guys let me know how I did. Lastly, before we get into this episode, I know a lot of people are listening to this that are interested in our mastermind group, Go Abundance. Terry is the cost seg guy in Go Abundance, the tribe for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic lives. If you are a millionaire, net worth accredited investor, you qualify to join Go Abundance. Go in the show description, 
check out the website, book a call with me. Happy to share my experience. This is how I met Terry and a lot of the guests that come on this show. So I know that you want to be a part of it. Without any further ado, let's get to the episode. All right, Terry Judge, Rico Suave, the <laughs> Sultan of Cost Segregation. What is up, my brother? How you doing, Brian? Super excited. Doing? We finally got to connect, man. I am very excited to dive into this wonderful world of cost segregation, of real estate with you. But where I actually want to begin before we get into your backstory is the topic that you and I were just discussing, which is focus. And you and I were speaking for 30 minutes before this about how you feel distracted by all of these opportunities that keep popping up and keep falling into your lap. And it's the same with me to where now I'm focused 100% on podcasting and media. I'm curious about your ideas around focus when it comes to your business. We're both entrepreneurs. So I think we always want to grow. We always want to learn new things, get involved in new things. And then by doing that, the more we read, the more seminars we go to, all of a sudden we want to start another business. <laughs> we want to buy another building. And that can become a distraction. I talk to other entrepreneurs that own multiple businesses. A lot of times, as you step back into your superpower and identifying what your superpower is, that has gotten me into so many more doors. So I don't want to ever take that for granted. As I started my cost segregation career, we'll get into that. I really realized that became the door opener for everything else. I started finding myself so immersed in other things that I wasn't an expert at. And that's fine. You always got to keep growing and learning. And But you also, if you take on too much, you ultimately, everything starts to hurt. Everything starts to go south. Relationships, your stress, your health. And so the, the higher up I go in the chain of entrepreneur and talking to people that have built this massive net worth, and I share this, for, especially Go Abundance guys. They know this when we do our one sheets and we get, we open up ourselves. They say, Terry, listen, you've built a phenomenal company. Why don't you just keep pouring into your own company? And then you're going to be exponentially making more money. You move that money and start building your passive, your horizontal income that we call it, your passive income that way versus trying to take on all these other jobs. Because when you start to try to syndicate, you're trying to do take down real estate projects, you ultimately will start spreading yourself too thin. That's can become detrimental to what we're ultimately trying to do is our growth. You actually start going the other way. I'm glad you, we're starting to talk about that too, just to stay focused, stay, stay in your lane. I became the cost segregation guy. I'm the cost seg guy. I actually have a, a website now called the costsegguy.com. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And I love being able to talk to guys like you and to other guys within GoBundance and other mastermind groups as well that are at different levels, right? So what I find is like commonalities that keep popping up and rearing their ugly head through each and every different level. And it's funny how they keep popping up over and over again. It's just people have to relearn the same lessons. <laughs> so it's not just something that's reserved for somebody that's just now beginning. And you and I were talking about Alex Hormozzi, who I talk about a lot on this show. And he had a point in his career where he had eight different businesses and he had a mentor come to him and said, hey, Alex, what do you think you could do if you just took all of this focus that's split up and you just focused on one of the businesses? Do you think you'd make the same revenue or more? And he goes, absolutely, because I can focus on this and put 100%. Yeah. Like, I'll kill everybody because like, I've got this. I'm great at this one yeah. thing. And so he shut down the other businesses. Do you know Chad Corbett? I don't know. I don't think I've met Chad. Chad shut down three different businesses in one day within 24 hours. For people listening, uh, go search Chad Corbett. 
his episode on the Action Academy, he shut down three businesses in one day because he realized it wasn't his zone of genius. And instead, he built a brand new company that now makes more revenue than all three of the previous businesses combined. And they were like seven, eight figure businesses. Wow. <laughs> so it's That's been incredible. insane. So you mentioned the term superpower. And I've finally found mine through podcasting and through media, and you found yours through cost segregation. What's some advice you can give to people about finding their superpower to begin with? Oh, I think that comes with trial and error. I remember in my mid-20s doing telecommunications, and I got into deregulated energy. I sold a variety of different things. I've owned different businesses. And I think just over time, you start to learn, to start really sharpening your saw at what you're really good at. I knew I was good at sales. I knew I loved people. I knew I could build relationships, build rapport. I just needed the product that I could get behind. And that product didn't come for probably 10 years. I sold different things. I'm just like, eh, you do it for a few years. But I would always say, always work on yourself first, go to seminars, really learn. Do you like sales? Do you like consulting? Do you like advisory? What is your personality type? Are you, do you want to be more online building something behind the camera? Then eventually the product is just plug and play. I started realizing that I would help somebody save a couple hundred grand on their building. Next thing I know, I would get three or four just natural referrals coming into my inbox. Hey, man, I heard you were the, this guy. You did this amazing tax strategy on my, my friend's building. I've got four buildings. Can you help me? And people were reaching out to me for my help. Here's the difference. I no longer had to reach out to people anymore. Hmm. People were starting to find me, and then I knew that was my niche. When you don't have to cold call or knock on the door, do a mailer, put a post on social media, that's all great. You can accelerate. But what I really learned was now if I shut down all my marketing, my business would continue to grow. And because now I'm helping people and I'm, I'm solving a problem. So whatever that problem is, and you're really passionate about that problem. You said something there that I thought was really interesting. There's a tech investor named Naval Ravikant that I really love. and. He he posted this tweet storm and he talked about this one quote that I think really relates to that. And he was like, you need sales the most when you have bad marketing and you only need marketing when you have bad product. So he's like, if you can just have the best product ever, the marketing and the sales kind of takes care of itself. So people think so much and they focus so much on the top line, but they don't actually go back and think, okay, how can I pivot and adjust the product to where it's so good that it literally sells itself organically through word of mouth, yeah. which is what you found with your product. Yeah. Relationships and referrals. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, like you have to do a good job or a better job at mining your own customers. We are so fixated on getting the next client that we forget, hey, man, we didn't really go back and ask the last 10 clients, how was their experience working with us? And would they be open to sharing the success that we did for you to someone else? Those are the little things that I think can really 10x your business or your brand. Yeah. So let's use that as a pivot right now to go into cost segregation in general, because this is what I'm very excited about. I have a rudimentary understanding of this. I always tell people, talk to me like I'm a fifth grader or a Labrador so that you can be able to <laughs> articulate this the best to the audience. But man, I know half the people that are listening to this will have an understanding of cost seg and they will have either partnered with you or have done it before. And then the other half is going to say, okay, I've heard maybe the term before, but I don't know much about it. So start with a definition and let's go into the world of cost segregation. Yeah, man. No, it's a great segue. It's funny because even my own mom, my brother, my family, my, my real people that are really close to me, they always tease me like, what does Terry do again? 
what we, no one knows what I do for a living. It's so funny. What I am doing is helping people save a shit ton of money when they buy real estate. And cost segregation is, is probably the most powerful real estate strategy. But it's been in the tax code since 1969. So if you and I bought a building for a million dollars, you know, that in the normal realm of the United States tax code, we are going to write that property off over a period of 27 and a half years for multifamily or mobile parks. So in the tax code, there's another pathway that a lot of people just aren't familiar with. Even CPAs stay far away from it. It's called Modified Accelerated Recovery System. It's called Makers. And now somebody can buy a building and they can write their property off literally one to five years. You can take a much more rapid accelerated depreciation schedule. So we come in from an engineering standpoint and we're able to break apart the building, mechanical, plumbing, wiring, electrical, landscape. We put them in different buckets. And legally, when we apply some of these techniques of cost segregation, that legally allows that real property to be converted into personal property. And therefore, we can write off 30 40% of the purchase price in year one through five. And what that does is when you front load all that depreciation in today's dollars, that creates a time value of money proposition. So why would you let the IRS hold on to that money, let's say for 30 to 40 years, when you can do a cost segregation study and you can get that money now in today's dollars and now use it to grow your empire? It's a beautiful strategy. It doesn't make much sense if you buy a building today and not do cost segregation. As long as you hold the property, usually within three to five years, it's just magic when you apply the techniques, how you can write off a big chunk of what you would normally have to pay as a down payment. Let's say you got to put 20% down on a property, million dollars. You had to write a check for 200 grand to acquire that building. Okay, you're going to finance the rest of it. Incomes, cost segregation. You hire a cost segregation firm. We're able to get you about 300000 in year one. Therefore, you can use that three hundred grand to offset income. Okay. Now, if you're in the business of real estate professional status, meaning that you're a commercial broker, you're an agent, you're buying, you're an investor, you now can use that depreciation to offset other income that you've earned from other properties, or you've had an exit from a property where you've got this big capital gains issue, and you're like, oh my god, I got to pay. I just made five hundred grand on an exit. How do I? What do I do besides ten thirty one? You can do a cost segregation study and take all that depreciation. You can use it against another property. People always ask me, hey, Terry, when is the best time to do the cost segregation? Number one, it's really any time. Once the building goes into service, so let's say you, you've acquired a property, that would be a trigger. If you construct, you built a property from the ground up, once it goes into service, get a cost segregation study started. Or people say, what if I've owned a property for five years? What happens there? There's a provision in the tax code that we can go back in time and pick up the missed depreciation by doing a cost tax study, redo the depreciation, carry it forward. You get to take it in today's dollars, and then that has a 20-year carry forward, okay, that you can use up on the excess. It, it, you never lose it. And the IRS allows a automatic one-time mm -hmm. consent through a little provision called a 481 adjustment, but whether you want to write that word down or not. Yeah. Here, so I'll tell you what, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you drink some water and take a pause there. And I'm going to try my best for people to break that down into normal people speak. All right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it.
For people listening, so what he's talking about when he talks about depreciation is that when you have a single family property, you're going to have things that need to be replaced over time because they're going to just break down like your roofs, like your septic, your water heater, stuff like that. So you can write off some of that. It's called depreciation because the bank is expecting things to go lose value over time, break, fall apart, need to be replaced. So what he's talking about is when it comes to a commercial property or a multifamily property specifically, in these properties, because they're so large, the bank sees a lot of different areas that there's going to be causes for depreciation. So what Terry does is he takes this 30-year worth of depreciation that's going to be existing for the life of the loan, and he brings it all to the front and is able to front load all of those cost savings that you're going to write off on your taxes in the first five years. So if you're a person that made $100,000 or $200,000 or $300,000, like Terry just said, in your own personal income, what you're able to do if you bought that million-dollar commercial property or million-dollar multifamily property and you put $200,000 down and then you were able to get all of this cost segregation study and bonus depreciation up at $300,000, to use this example, then not only did you just were able to write off that 200000 but you just cut $100,000 worth of your income out that you no longer have to pay taxes on. So what happens is these people that are making all this money, these multi-multi-millionaires and decamillionaires and billionaires, they're not paying money on their taxes because they're doing over and over again. So not only are they making a shit ton more money than you are, they're not paying any taxes on it and you're paying 10 times more taxes. Terry, how'd I do? Dude, that was awesome, man. Let's go. That was beautiful. You're hired. Let's go. Yeah, All right. Guys, and I'm so, doing your cost eggs now. <laughs> dude, that, you're freaking, you are, you got it down, buddy. All right. Uh, heck yeah. So a couple of clarifying questions that I have personally when it comes to this. So first off, property type. I was writing them down. Are there limitations to what properties you can do this with? You can't do this with single family, right? Wrong. Single family. So you can do it. It just can't be your main residence. So as long as it's a rental property and it's in an LLC, you have to to be in an LLC. It doesn't have to. We've done costs in someone's name, but as long as it's not their main residence. And I'd say that's a red flag. So obviously, if you're going to have, if you are renting it, Make sure it's in an LLC. Got it. That's number one. And talk to your CPA about that because there's some protection around that. So we, as a company, started doing, we never were doing single family. It wasn't our business. We we're always doing commercial multifamily. But because of the short-term rental business, because of the long-term rental, people are still buying homes. And it's going to become crazy going forward because of the recession. People are like, oh, my God, this is, this is the time that we should start buying again. This is going to be a big wealth transfer. Anyway, so we set up a little division in our company just to handle the single family and the short-term rentals. We do quite a bit of it. And we can talk a little bit about how can a high net worth W-2 earner start to defer taxes with cost segregation? Because you might be thinking like, okay, this is a technical term. You're turning me on, man. You're turning me on this podcast right now. (laughs) I love this, man. I love this. Before, before I, I want to put a pin in that. Yeah. I want to get I want to get to I want to get to that topic. That's really important. One more really key important question that I have is real estate professional status. Because this is something that I'm seeking to acquire this year. Talk to us about the specific qualifications of being a real estate professional and what that means in the context of being able to claim this. So the IRS just says that you have to be in the business of real estate more than any other business that you're in 
And you also have to devote 750 hours a year to buying property, managing property, developing property, renting. And therefore, you can qualify. If you're even a, you're, you're a real estate agent, maybe you don't even have properties yet, but you're a real estate agent, or you're starting to buy properties and you're spending more time in your real estate business, then you can qualify what we call a real estate professional status, right? So then that just means that when you buy property, you now can take that depreciation and use it to offset income, income that you're making. Personal income. It actually could, yeah, it actually, you can actually use it to offset what we consider active income that, you're, that you've made through, let's say, your W-2, through your real estate brokerage, whether you're an investor, you're buying other properties, and you've got other income coming in. The beautiful thing about cost segregation and having real estate professional status is it's not one for one. It's not just passive income to offset passive income. It now can be used as the IRS looks at it as it's active income where you can now use it against active income, which is absolutely huge. You're in your spouse. So let's say you're a doctor and you want to start buying real estate because you're getting smashed on taxes. Your spouse can become a real estate professional. She's the one running the real estate business. And therefore, because you're married, you can still qualify for a real estate professional and use it to offset his income, which could be a million dollars a year, and he's paying 40% tax, it's 400000 going to the government. You start buying properties, and you start applying the techniques that we're sharing with you on this podcast, it's a game changer on how much money you can save. And the money that you're saving, can you imagine showing somebody how to save four hundred grand on their taxes? And or It could be a hundred grand, it could be 50 grand, it's all relative. Then using that money to go start buying other properties. And when I saw this, for me, I can't qualify for real estate professional because all my time, even though I'm a real estate investor, I'm a passive real estate investor because all my time is devoted to running my company. But mm. the money that my company pays me, I'm paying the very highest tax bracket <laughs> and I'm the tax guy, so I know better. Therefore, what somebody like myself can do instead of saying, okay, I'm not going to be, I can't qualify as a real estate professional. I'm not going to own a real estate investing company or I'm not going to become a broker. However, the IRS allows another provision in the tax code. This is phenomenal. It's called material participation, material participation. And the IRS says that if you buy a short-term rental property, you can cost seg that property, take the bonus depreciation. As long as you've devoted 100 hours or you can prove that you've managed this property for 100 hours a year, meaning that you've gone to Best Buy, you've driven to Home Depot, you're buying drapes, you're talking to the tenants, IRS will allow you to take that bonus depreciation against your W-2 income and therefore save what? you money. It's Yeah, and CPAs, I'm, I, so I go on podcasts and I share this with people and their mind, they go, it goes, because they just, they're like, what? But the IRS now looks at short-term rental properties differently. It has a 39-year life instead of a – they look at it more of a commercial like transaction. Okay. And therefore, they allow you that instead of a passive income, you buy a rental property and you get a tenant in there and they're paying down your mortgage and you're getting that rental income that's passive income. Now that will convert to active income and then you can use it to offset active income. So every year now, I look at my taxable liability and the way I talk to my CPA, and I force the issue because a lot of CPAs are not talking to you like this. They're not planning 
You need you know, to find one that is. <laughs> there's a huge gap in the accounting world right now, and CPAs need to start really getting on this and coaching their clients on how to start planning, not just prepping and not just doing their year end. They really have to start looking at this. And therefore, so when I say, okay, I'm going to make this much money, and if I don't make a move, if I don't do anything, I'm going to, I'm going to literally, I have no choice. I'm going to take my deductions and that's it. I'm going to take it on the chin. If you don't do things by the end of the year, December 31st, you're screwed. You can't go back and do things. So right now there's things on the You have to be table. proactive. You have to be proactive. So come like this last August, I'm just like, okay, my number one reason to buy a short-term rental, obviously to get my, I want to, I've always needed and wanted to get out of the winter. I live in Detroit. It gets brutal here. I hate it. And then when you add the, that motivation piece, and then you add the tax saving planning piece, where if I just go buy this short-term rental, in an area that I want to go anyways in the winter, I'm going to go pay $900 a night to go stay at a freaking hotel to get out of the winter. Now I could buy my own property. I can take, I can manage it year one, right? I may not manage it year two, but I'll manage it year one to get my hundred hours and managing it. I will then add tenants in there in the months that I want. I'm going to take the rental income. I'm going to take the depreciation. So just on that condo, I'm taking a almost a hundred grand, Brian, off my, what core pays me. I'll take that right off the top. I'll take that as a line item in depreciation. And I get to use my condo and it's basically going to pay for itself. And I'm already looking for the I'm already looking for another one to buy because I don't want to pay Uncle Sam if I don't have to. So how much did you do for the second home loan? It's 10% down, right? I ended up buying it as a second home and I ended up putting 20% down. So that was so, just the way the loan, every loan is a little different. Every lender is a little different. There, there are different loans that you can buy for. So when you go buy it, there's different lending for it. If you say, hey, I'm buying a rental property versus if you go to the bank and say, I'm buying a second home, they treat it differently. And if it's a rental property, usually the rates are not as favorable but the down yeah. payment could be less. And you just have to talk talk it out, whatever. You get a better cash on cash, the less you put down and blah, blah, blah. But there's just everyone, you just have to figure out what's what you're trying to do. So how much it. was your 20% down? On that property, I had to put down 100 and probably 125 grand or something like that based on the purchase price. So you put down, so for people listening. And I'm going to save right. 100 just on taxes. Yeah, so for people is- listening, this is how the game works, all right? I talked to you guys about asking bigger questions. Yes. Asking how do I make $100,000 is a small question. Because what Terry just did was he was like, huh, okay, I'm going to ask a bigger question. How do I subtract $100,000 of income with a property? So he bought an Airbnb for people listening. He bought the short-term rental in a market that he was already going to go visit and pay money to go live down in. And now he's got this property. He put 125 down on it. Now that loan is going to be paid off by the tenants plus additional amazing income coming in monthly, quote unquote, passively. And he's able to write all of this off. So not only did he just pay a hundred grand, but he turned that hundred grand into a 
cost-seg depreciation and a passive income source is going to pay him per- perpetually while his loan is completely taken care of. <laughs> yeah, I just got a little turned on just on the recap. Dude, oh my God. Dude, I yeah, love this podcast. It's, it's, this is it's, for free it's, people. It's it's being knowledge is power. It's learning these tools. Like, dude, like this is relatively new. And when you when we get into this other area of tax saving on material participation, I mean, you'd be surprised. Even CPAs are not are not up on on this. A lot of them are. A lot of them are. That's a key but point. They don't though. do this in house. It's not something that they're doing as a tool and talking to their clients about. But we work with a lot of CPAs. Thank God. Therefore, they bring us in, and they, and, and as you are interested in this, everybody, if you're striving to build lifestyle, if you're striving to one day have passive income where you don't have to work, and I just Brian, I know that's one of your biggest passions. That's what you teach people. Yeah. Use finding something that makes you income. It doesn't necessarily have to be real estate. Brian and I have been talking about that. Brian's superpower is not going out and buying real estate right now. His thing is building his brand and providing amazing content for people. And eventually his base will continue to grow and he's going to make money on revenue and sponsorships and advertising. It's amazing. He's going to teach me some things that I can help with my podcast. And therefore I can also help with my superpower. I can talk to him about doing this. Just even if you don't want to be, some people think, Oh my God, works, I, people. I, don't, I don't want to be a real estate guy. I just don't have the time. I tend to, they scare me. I've had a bad experience. Don't look at it like that. When the light bulb came on for me as I moved up the biggest motivation, because now I'm thinking, like, if I don't do this, I am being a terrible steward of my own work ethic and work and putting all these hours in, paying way more money than I should be paying, which is going to slow down my retirement, slow down my network, slow down my education and sharing with people. So I had to be a product of the product. And now I'm like, okay, well, because I need to do this anyways, indirectly, I am going to build a short-term rental business because I have to go buy one. I'm already looking for my next property because I, I have to go do this every year now. Even to wipe out your income. Even if it's just one. So I'm looking at, I don't have to spend 600 grand or a million dollars. I can go buy a short-term rental for 300 grand somewhere, maybe on a lake in my back around here in Michigan. There's some beautiful lakes. And I'm starting to research that right as we speak right now. And uh, and I love teaching them on the subject because this really works and it's significant. And this will help you create significance in your overall business plan with your spouse, whatever you're trying to do. People need to start adding this into the mix. So Absolutely. So two, two key points in closing that you said that I really want yeah. to drive home. So the first is CPAs. So for people listening, if your CPA that you have right now does not understand you when you're talking about proactive tax measures and being proactive and like planning to harvest tax losses and stuff, you need to get a new CPA. So there's the minority of CPAs that understand this stuff. And that's the person that you need to get. My advice for finding one would be to go to your local real estate meetups and you find who is the big swing in in those real estate meetups. And I guarantee you that person is going to have their CPA as a rock star because anybody that's killing it in real estate is going to have a rock star CPA too, is you've mentioned multiple times, Terry, about the time, present time value of money. 
And I know some people may have understood that when you were saying that, but I want to drive that point home about the value of money today as opposed to the value of money 5, 10, 15 years from now. Because, guys, we are seeing a massive level of inflation. Our purchasing power is going down each and every day. People talk about if you won the lottery, what would you take? Would you take like the $10 million payout today or would you take like $100 million paid out over 30 years? You would take $10 million today. Terry, tell them why. Even in Michigan, our our Michigan lottery just hit $1.6 billion. And uh, I'm actually, for the first time, I actually just might go buy a ticket just for shits and giggles. (laughs) Write it off on a business expense. (laughs) Again, it goes back to, it goes back to time value of money, taking that dollar and putting it to work now and investing that dollar, our dollar is getting eaten up, guys. And people just, you're trying to save. You can never gain wealth by just saving money and putting, I know this is an old school, but this, I had to break, break free from this mindset. You have to be investing your money into things that can hedge against inflation. And there's nothing better, in my opinion, because I've seen what my stock crap did it's embarrassing to what the you can't no control when you put your money into some sort of with a stock a wealth advisor or putting in mutual funds and stuff like that you really have no control now diversification is key i'm not going to take all my money out of the market i'm gonna i got hammered just like everybody else and hopefully it's going to ride back up cyclical that's what it does don't freak out but if you can afford to start setting up a little real estate bucket or something else that there's other things, there's other cool things that just hanging out with guys like us and go abundance. There's other ideas, strategies you can put your money in. But however, you can put your money in real estate and you can, because of the depreciation, you can win against inflation. You can get ahead of inflation. You can grow your dollars. You can get involved in something that I started doing a few years ago. You can put your money with somebody that's buying thousands of doors in multifamily and put your money 25,000, 50 grand, 100 grand, whatever you're comfortable with, into that where you're getting 8, 9, 10, 11, 12% as that property gets managed correctly. And it's key to get involved. And if you have questions around what we call syndication, my clients, that's what they do for a living. So I'm fortunate enough to like work with guys that are. Just kicking ass, man. They have thousands of doors, there, or they're ramping up to to hit to the thousand doors, and they're syndicating. So they would invite guys like us, we call credit investors, to put money in partner where you get a piece of the. You now become an owner in that multifamily or storage or mobile park, whatever you like, as far as an asset class. Start researching that, and I can certainly introduce if you want to reach out to me. I can certainly introduce some people that I would recommend, and there's lots of them. They're freaking awesome, and they've been doing this. For 15 years, 10 years, they're very seasoned. They don't lose money. And you can put your money in something that can hedge against the inflationary environment versus just being the victim and letting whatever happens to you happen to you. Don't think like that. Yeah. Get on the defense of it, and you're going to come out, especially as we go down in this next down cycle, having the knowledge and surrounding yourself with people like Brian, people just that are doing this as a living that can help you coach you, you're going to come out on the other end. You're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I took action. I'm so glad I plugged into yep. 
this podcast. I'm so glad I reached out to a guy like Brian or Terry, where we've been studying this stuff probably for a little while now. It's it gone through it. It's not as scary as you think, and it's amazing what you what's out there that you can learn and put your money into and and be much better off than just being a victim or just oh my god the market's going crazy and I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah, and it, even to your point. And we'll close it out here in a second. Even to your point, if I were invested in the stock market completely, which not necessarily a knock on stocks, like index funds, all that, whatever, that's okay. But if I was 65 years old right now, and this was finally my time to retire, or if I was doing my world trip and quitting my job to go do my world trip this year. And all of my funds were purely from like index funds and dividends from these stocks in my stock portfolio. You wouldn't be able to retire. I wouldn't have been able to quit just because of happenstance of what the market's doing right now. So that's what he's talking about, where you want to have something that's within your control and even the housing market to a degree with residential, like it's a little variable right now. I'm sure we'll see some a little devaluing of properties as the market cools here. But with what Terry's talking about, it's such a higher level strategy that you're really taking the bull by the horns and you can run it. So let's use that in closing to share your company and how people can get in touch with you and how you can help them. So reach out to me. I would say you go to our website, which is coreadvisors.net. You can just, as far as just from the company due diligence standpoint, and then just reach out to me personally, Terry Judge, my just my name, Terry Judge at coreadvisors.net. You can send me an email, Terry Judge at coreadvisors.net, or you can hit me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, all of them, and just yeah, and reach out. I'd be happy to whatever I whatever advice and feedback I could give and provide, I'd be happy to do. It's November, people. It's November. Reach out to Terry now, and so you can be able to actually take advantage of this. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to reach out to Terry later down the road after your taxes are already paid. Like right now is when, like we talked about, we're being proactive here. And the cool thing about this podcast is that I like Terry. I don't take ads on this show, as you guys can notice. So it's like Terry's not purchasing an ad on here. The reason Terry's on here is because I know a shit ton of people that he works for with a shit ton of units. And the people that he's talking about with the thousands of units, a lot of them have been on this freaking podcast. And I know Mm. you do them for Pasha and all of them too, right? Like he needs to come on the show too. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So I've not only, so the reason that people come on this podcast is because I already know that they're the real deal and that's why they're on the show. So you guys will never have anyone on this show that's full of it ever. And if they are and I sniff it out, they're going to get deleted immediately. Terry, dude, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to have your link in the show description for people that are interested. I would highly recommend acting so that you can save hundreds of thousands of dollars and ride off into the sunset and be one of those guys or girls that made a bunch of money and didn't have to pay Uncle Sam. So that's Damn, it. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Love Brian, it. All right. With it. that. Love it, buddy. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. Hopefully we uh, for- gave some people something to chew on here as it's November 7th, 2022. Get on it. Get your cost segs done and uh, save a shit ton of taxes. Let's go, brother. With that, that has been Terry Judge and Brian Luba with the Action Academy Podcast signing off. Hey, real quick. If you're still listening to today's episode, I'm assuming you got value from it. So I need your help specifically. 
My two-year vision with this show is to help over one million people do what they want, when they want, with who they want, and I can only do that with your help. There are two main ways that a podcast grows. One is through ratings and reviews, and the other is word of mouth. If you could please leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as send this to one or two friends that you think would get value from it, we can reach the people that we're looking to reach. Thanks in advance. Talk tomorrow.